This week on the Superhero Show Show, will we be proud of our little runaways as they run away from TV? Does the trunk that Bodie enters lead right to the pop filter studio? Will the MCU regret giving us the power to cast their movies? All that and more coming up right now. What's up, nerds? Welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast where we review every live-action television show based on a comic book or a comic book property. My name is Cassie, and I am back in the studio for a second time here to host this for you. Here with me are the eternal voices of this podcast. I have with me Ryan. hey That is the eternal voice that will ring out forever in these studios. And they're like in a peaceful manner. Also, Mike. Outlaw. <laughs> Very happy to be here. I'm so glad to have both of these voices here. These characters are fun. People said uh, people have been writing in saying that I don't have enough Charles Nelson Riley in my voice uh-huh. or Paul Lind. That's true. Cass, do you know who they are? No, not at all. I'm just gonna nod and act like I know what's going on. I don't know why I know. The cartoon? <laughs> yeah, you're not that old. Have you seen the cartoon of Charlotte's Web with the little Templeton the Rat? He's like trash. I love trash. Is that how? Do you know that? I don't know that one, but it's kind of oh, like that's Paul. Lynn. Is that like the WB Frog that comes out with his little like cane, like "Hello, my darling"? No, that was racism. Yeah, that was yeah, that was, and you just were straight up racist. No, uh, is that wait? Michigan J Frog is racist. Yes, yeah, very racist. Shit! Uh, I'm gonna remove this tattoo <laughs> by yourself. Some sandpaper. Yeah. Right now. That's how much I. That's how anti-racist I am. I deserve this pain for not. You're knowing. e-racist. Uh, have you ever, Cassie? Have you ever seen American Dad? The alien on American Dad. Mm. Okay. Mm-mm. Anyway, in the 70s, there were these two comedians who, back when like homophobia was rampant and you could not be gay on TV, we just let these two guys just be, as long as they never said that they liked men or anything, just be as gay as possible and everyone loved it. See? That's what, they loved it though, but you just had to trick people into thinking like, oh, this is fine. Yeah, but I think like, yeah, maybe not my... Now we call it pulling a little Nas X. <laughs> My uh, maybe not my parents, but my grandparents were like, "I love these two. I wish they would just find a good woman and settle down." <laughs> Grandma, oh. confirmed bachelors. Yeah, confirmed bachelors. You could always tell a confirmed bachelor by then, uh, back then, with the uh, like scarf they would wear around their neck, or like the handkerchief, you know, like the little ascot. Yeah, the ascot. Yeah, yeah it's so good. Like Fred from uh, Scooby Doo. Yeah, Fred. Yeah, yeah Fred got- is a confirmed bachelor. <laughs> sure. There's no way that you hang out with a smoke show like Daphne. That whole time solving those mysteries and don't like if he's not married to her, then he's got to be a confirmed bachelor. Oh, for sure. I'm taking all of the uh, like, you know, choice making out of Daphne's hands, by the way. Yeah, but just... it's from the 70s. So we can do that. <laughs> Daphne Velma, they got the whole crew. If he wasn't into Scooby-Doo, then, you know, <laughs> uh, Cassie, I do have a question because you, you announced that this is your second time in studio with us. Yeah. I hope that you will have a running countdown of yeah. every time you host to let everybody know what number it is. I will, because it's kind of like, it's like, it's how I'm keeping my sanity. Like, if you were in a prison cell and you're keeping track of the days, <laughs> like, I just got to know how many times I've been here, how many times I'm in the studio. I'm just trying to keep my sanity here. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you only serve two days in the Pop Filter Studios. Yeah. The day you go in and the day you go out. It- That's what D'Angelo Barksdale taught me about. <laughs> podcast. We're going to walk in and find Cassie with a mic cord wrapped around her neck tied to the door. Um, but can you, like, for some reason, uh, I keep track of all the tally trends, and for some reason, people are moving away from every fifth line being the slash through the four. How, do, how are we counting our tallies then? Please make sure that you're going one line, two line, three line, four line, slash through the four, that's five. Yeah. Okay? That's what type of monsters are not doing that. How else are you doing it? Just the lines? Dude, on tally.com, they are really pushing away from mm-hmm. that. Mm-mm. What, what, yeah, is there a replacement, or is it we're just supposed to fucking count everything? Yeah, now? you go through and you count every single line. No, I can't. Though that, 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 that defeats the purpose of a tally. Tallies make things easier. You're such a tally ho. <laughs> How do you guys think you would do in prison, though, if we are in, the, in this prison? How have you guys been doing in this prison that you're living in? Um, if it's me and Mike put in the same prison, yeah. we're dead immediately. Oh, great. Like, <laughs> no, no. They have, they, yeah, because we can't. We can fake it if we're not together. They have about six seconds of watching us talk to each other. <laughs> And they smash our heads together. We can't be doing a whole year with these two. Uh-uh. I can't shut that down. 
Do you guys think I would kill it at prison, right? Yes, like, you would be awesome. Sure? Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. I think you'd be scary. I think you'd be running that you, place. You, like, they say, like, yeah, they say beat up, like, the biggest prisoner the first day. You'd go to the biggest guard and just brass knuckle them. <laughs> they didn't check you enough. Why do you have brass knuckles? My sentence wasn't long enough, so I'm going for the, all the guards. Sentence me to life. I'm taking everyone out. And you're just there visiting yeah. Ryan. <laughs> I was checking but in you on still took over. checking in on you two and I, I had to And then when you take over, I'm like, Cassie, sweet, can I escape? And you're like, No, you get back in your cell. <laughs> I'm in charge now. It's my prison. <laughs> well, we are in this prison and you all can join us. <laughs> we are gonna be talking about the series finale of Runaways for the main event and then doing some casting and going through the poll list coming up next. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. We're here for the main event where we are going to be talking about the series finale of Runaways. On the series finale of Runaways, we're jumping eight years into the future and seeing how that fateful day of when Gert got got affected everyone. Nico peaced out and went to master her powers, but is now back and is a powerful as fuck wizard. Carolina has a new girlfriend and is trying to move on. Molly is making new friends now that she's on the cheer squad. Chase is living in a panic bunker and isn't coming out until he figures out quantum physics. And Alex has grown a fucking soul patch. <laughs> Apparently, the only thing more fucked up than that soul patch is the future, though. Because a future version, a way future version of Alex has traveled back in time to kill his friends and stop them from being monsters. The gang decides that the only way to ensure that they don't become monsters is to go back and save Gert. The series ends with the gang continuing on together as a complete group who have been changed by the power of love. So, Taste Friends, I ask you this. Do you feel as if Runaway's got a satisfying ending? Endings are hard, right? And I, I think this kind of ending where all the threads have been closed up, but there's still hint, like, and they'll still adventure, and I bet Evil Alex will be back at it again. Like, this riding off into the sunset into other adventures is a good way to wrap it up. Uh, so, yeah, I, I think it's for what the show was, it was, was fine. Do you... You sound like you're reaching. Do you feel like you're reaching? Uh, it's it's hard because consistently I enjoyed Runaways while knowing it was one of our worst shows. And so yeah, I'm I'm reaching. <laughs> there's I mean there's a couple things here is that Runaways never fell below this bar that I have with our shows. Um where like let's say the Flash, which I watched for a really long time and I found enjoyable until I didn't and then I just dropped it. And Runaways I never think hit that level. Um, but there was also a couple things in its favor that were unfair. One, it's Marvel. And two, um, I don't know if you knew this, Cassie, but uh, it was executive produced by Josh Schwartz and Stephanie Savage. And they have a different show mm-hmm. that they did called The OC. And so there was this constant rooting for it, even if I felt like that was pointless. You just, you you know? just had to make sure it was going to go on. Yeah. You couldn't like, it's like that baby that you just got to love. It's like your child. So. As opposed to what? Not loving it yeah, and throwing it away? you don't love. <laughs> opposed to that every every mom and dad gets to choose one baby they don't love and then they just throw it away ask any parent who has at least three children yes there's one yeah it's you should love both your kids if you have two yeah but once you have yet that third now you have have a finite amount of love no parent has that much love in them so the parents who have like eight kids you know it's a loveless household do do parents have that third kid because they already know yeah. which of their first two are going to be out? And so let's get a new one in here. If, new if blood. If there's the third kid, it means they looked long at hard at that second kid, and I went, Mm-mm. which means like, so my little sister who is ten years younger than me, my parents gave me ten years, and they're like, <laughs> and you and fucked them all at, up. At no point did I pull that around. <laughs> to be fair, Mike, you spent your first ten years saying I am fat now, but could I be fatter? And that's not. For parents like you, how you, what you had, they that's not good. They me in front of uh, TJF, so I thought every Moppet was supposed to have a catchphrase. <laughs> I just chose poorly. <laughs> and your catchphrase, instead of how rude, or did I do that, was I'm fat now, but I could yeah. be fatter. And I proved them fucking wrong. I proved myself <laughs> right. Do you guys think, does Runaways, is it our third child? Did it need 10 more years to figure it out, or you think it's fine? No, 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 no. Um, there's so many shows. We used to. This is getting better now, but a couple years ago, when we were called the Superhero Hour Dumb. Hour. Do you guys even remember Dumb that? Bullshit. Um, we were complaining because they like these shows would just never get canceled. All other shows would get canceled constantly, and not these. Now we're in the era... I mean, there's some business reasons why, like... You know, Disney bought Fox and wants all control of Marvel TV. But now we're in the era where, like, I think the story's done. Can we just bounce? Can we just mm-hmm. get the fuck out of here? And this was perfect for Runaways. Three and out. Yeah, because be, the, unlike the comic versions, the show version of the Runaways was really just all about them fighting Pride. And that right. was all kind of wrapped up. 
And then they wrapped up Morgan Le Fay pretty quickly because they and so yeah, they, this story is done. I'm sure that they have powers, they have things, other things could happen in headcanon, but the story this show is trying to tell is finished. Yeah. Do you think it was like a smart move of them to join, like include so much time traveling, or does it get too like convoluted with time travel? I gotta say, I am the I'm the least big fan of time travel, and I, it's not that I complain about them following their own rules or anything. Like I know some nerds do. Instead, I get confused immediately. <laughs> yeah. Like within the first second, I'm like, I don't know what's going on. I'm done. I'm out, and then I have to suffer through it. This did a pretty good job. It clearly had its uh, runway paved runway. <laughs> oh, oh my god! <laughs> uh, buy Endgame. Yeah. You know, like. This this said like oh Marvel things do something now at the end they go back and they visit the past and like this was Endgame all up and down but there was a point where there were three Alexes so many and way too many Alexes <laughs> too many Alexes uh, Alex Man into the Alex verse and I was not confused I knew like here's evil here's current they his gave past each such a specific uh, facial hair soul patch <laughs> uh, which was and like different patch. different style of clothing and even like what I, I do think he's one of the better kid actors and. Each Alex had different mannerisms, like, and them interacting was funny when they're they're like, "Well, let's send middle Alex to prison so he doesn't become last Alex." Uh, and he's like, "You you have this thing or the Star Wars hotel?" And evil Alex is like, "Dude, you should definitely send us to the Star Wars hotel." <laughs> uh, I, I thoroughly enjoyed uh, the multitude of Alexes bouncing off of each other. It also helped too that like we all knew this was the last hour, so it wasn't like us trying to keep track of everything because this is the new. Mm-hmm. way of the future this is like the new storyline she's like oh i gotta get through 40 more minutes i have to understand for 40 more minutes and then that's it and that yeah. made it a lot pa- more palatable i guess for me it was nice that they went back because i i jumped off runaways like i essentially like i was on for the first season and then i was off so the fact that they went back to like that first episode i was like that was just for you yeah i was like no i know what's happening thank you guys <laughs> like, here she hosts but the superhero did, like... show show now we gotta <laughs> do a layup <laughs> got gotta put her back in but it did, like, I felt like that helped make you more, like, nostalgic for everything, too, to see, like, it helps you see, like, how they started, where they mm-hmm. came from. But what did bug me during then is when Chase was, like, he set the rules, you know, like, don't interact with your past self. And then as soon as they got there, he was like, okay, everybody, stalk your own version. Right. Stalk each other's version, then. Obviously, that's how you <laughs> handle that. Like, he could figure out quantum physics, but that was his genius plan, was, like, go after your own version. But, I mean, that's, like... Not just the rule of everything, but specifically the rule of time travel is somebody has to dictate the rules, and everybody's like, I understand the rules. And then as soon as they say, all right, go, everyone goes and breaks as many rules as they possibly <laughs> can. Possible. I'm getting sports almanacs. I'm having sex with my mother. It's all Would fucking weird. Would you make out with yourself? Just oh, to absolutely. Finally see, like, I think I'm a good kisser, but there's only one way to truly find out. <laughs> But how do you approach yourself with that? Like, is that all it takes? Like, oh, look no. up, it's future me. No, any any time of me that I go to will be like, <laughs> Yeah, I know what's up. You're either here to kill me or <laughs> fuck just... me, and I'm into both. <laughs> yeah. And why not both? Like, we can make both happen That's pregmantis this shit. Uh, <laughs> if it... I have a question. Is So, so the, these kids are gone. This story is over. If you could save one of these actors playing one of these characters, and they show up in, like, Ms. Marvel on D, uh, Disney+, Plus, who is it? Didn't our Twitter feed already answer this fucking question? Did it? It might have been asked and answered poorly. Or, like, too soon. Not giving the Twitters a chance to respond. Or do you want to take Old, old Lace, Lace off, off the, the board? <laughs> okay. So, not Old Lace. Um, I I think my answer might surprise myself. Wait, let me check. <laughs> oh, it does. Um, because I would say that one of the biggest boners in the first season was Chase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the longer the show went on, the more I sort of... Uh, I got down with his vibe of jock, but smart, but smart, but yeah. stupid, but like very, very stupid. Yeah. And then when you th- like when you think he's at his stupidest, then he does something even stupider. And I kind of started to like him. You got it. Yeah, I was. I could like I could take or leave Chase. For me, I think I would save Nico. Mm-hmm. I really. Oh shit! Yeah. Yeah, like it's just I feel like it's the obvious one, but she's just so badass. And then on this one, they made her even more badass. I was like, yeah, yeah. If there's one I would like, if there is even just like a series that continues on, I would continue. Like we could go back and see her training, and I would watch that. Yeah, both uh, power set and acting wise, Nico got it quicker than anybody yep. else, uh, and, and could yeah. really carry the show. And I also what I love about seeing future her and past her, yeah, you're not going to be gothy your whole life. When you're in your mid twenties, you are going to just be in a cozy <laughs> yeah. sweater and look at your past self and be like, man, I get it. <laughs> you I do- try to shield the world. 
I don't mean to nerd shame because that would be a stupid business decision based on who our listeners probably are. But uh, do people like when kids go full goth or like one of those extreme looks in the back of their head? Do they know that when they see pictures of themselves twenty years later, they're going to look ridiculous, or do they truly believe that? Like, no, I'm I'm pulling this off. I think some definitely think they're pulling off, but that's part of it, man. Like, make your what you want to go visit your parents with your new significant other and not laugh. You're like, yep. There I am in jeans and a t-shirt, super boring, no stories to tell. When I take people back to my mom's house, my hair is a reverse mullet, just a foot long in my face, shaved in the back, striped colors, <laughs> safety pins everywhere. It's hilarious. Damn, Mike, we would have been such good friends back then. I wish I could have that mic back. <laughs> Me too. Um, my, my concern, though, is that I'm not sure if I'm interested in Nico as an adult, because mm-hmm. I'm so addicted to that Nico team. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. All right. Great. Taylor's not here <laughs> to scream at me. So you just have to sit in it. Sit in your own filth. I will say, though, that like... And I think that part of the Josh Schwartz-Stephanie Savage thing, um, the thing that kept us watching was something that Runaways was never able to achieve as characters or actors except for Nico, which is when... like What we should be waiting for is them sitting around a living room, bantering and hanging out. And I don't think any of these actors, except for the girl who played Nico, were capable of that. You know, some of them a little more than others, but we never got those Marissa, right. Summer, Ryan, Seth playing video game moments yeah, I, in I this show. There's tears. So Nico is at top, and then I, I put Chase and Alex, and then Gert, and then Carolina, and then Molly, and Old Lace is somewhere in the middle uh, for that. <laughs> I mean, Molly is like, Mo- Molly was bad, but uh, it's not even their. They could all go on to win Academy Awards. I have no idea. Together, there was no chemistry together, though. That's you know, scary. when they cast it, they should have just done the classic thing of having them all hang out for weeks together and then boot people who don't fit in immediately. Which is what high school, <laughs> yeah, it's just high school all Tour over again. Saved by the bell. Uh, when when Runaways first came out, there was a like behind the scenes video, and it was Quake from Shield, uh, Chase from Runaways, and. Uh, Dagger, all of them were hanging out. I was like, this should be the show because these people enjoy each other's company and they're bidding all of the time and it just never showed up on their own shows. That's the part where they said like it all came down to like it started with like the power of love is going to save us and the power of love did. But it did feel like one that always feels cheap but when the chemistry isn't there to like really back it and bring that home, it doesn't seem like it like hits as well for sure. I never... I mean, I don't think that the four kids from the OC... I do we bring that up too much? <laughs> do we talk about that too often? Um, I don't think that they were improvising. But the fact that it felt like it a lot of the time was so important to like uh, me gelling with them and them gelling with each other. This always felt like, I am reading the line of dialogue that yeah. the screenwriter wrote for me right I now. I wonder if it's a few things. It's one, I think four is easier to balance than seven. Uh, yes. Josh and Stephanie... Because I, I love how you're including Old Lace in there as one of the <laughs> Josh seven. Josh and Stephanie are further away from teenagers than they used to be, and I think teenagers now are very different than teenagers in 05. Uh, Bet. And inserting how to balance superhero drama and teenageness, I think they never grasped a hold of. So they were they were so used to the very realistic uh, drama of the OC. the the. <laughs> the true family drama that they couldn't do this uh, next level sci-fi shit. Well, so overall, we're feeling like it was the time for it to end, and it we're satisfied with how it all ended. Yeah, and I mean, I got to say that like I don't know who I would recommend this to. Yeah. Um, if there's like if there's MCU heads out there who you know need a fix because there's it's been so long between Endgame and Black Widow, then maybe. But not even that. Like I think that this was. It's it's too young for old kids. It's too old for young kids. Like I'm not sure where this fits in. It's in a weird middle ground for sure. It's in a middle ground and it's over. <laughs> you guys can catch it. It's on Hulu. You can binge it all and get that satisfying ending. Uh, what I would like is like if you do binge it right in, because I do think that this lends itself. If you don't watch it week by week, if you push through it, a lot of this stuff might be hidden from you and you might like it a lot more. Mm. There's going to be certain ways to watch every episode. Well, next, you guys, we're going to dig into the bullpen and cast some X-Men characters. Welcome back, everyone. We are now officially in the bullpen. And for this bullpen, we are going to be casting X-Men. So I don't know if you guys know, Marvel has recently got the rights to X-Men. And they're going to restart that whole franchise. But they need some help with casting the upcoming movies. And you guys, they reached out to us. They sent an email, which you can too. Contact at your pop filter. Oh. Ooh, right in there. But they, so they reached out to us because they need help casting for the upcoming giant size X Men. 
And the only stipulation they sent us is that they can't currently be in an MCU movie. So I'm going to go down a list of X-Men right now, and we'll just go around, pick our picks, and we'll pick this final team that we can send to Marvel. So you guys, uh, uh, Ryan. Yes. Let's gonna, we're going to start with Wolverine. Wolverine. Got to start with that guy. Now, uh, a couple weeks ago, maybe a month ago, we did the original five. Um, and so that's Cyclops, Beast, Iceman, Jean Grey, and Angel. Um, but I think so many people, when they think of the X-Men, this is the important one, right? Like, yeah. A, a lot of those are nerdy old people. And these are, I would say, three of the five, that, four of the five that we're doing are more important. This is the most important. Yes. This, this, this is, is Mr. X-Man himself. Yeah, when you go to Target and you see an X-Men shirt, it's only Wolverine because that's the only one everyone knows. Like, this is the guy. <laughs> yeah, or do you remember he that? Sh- where he wants to go. That shirt in uh, Almost Famous where Russell Brand was like stepped forward in front of the band and the rest of the band was just in shadows. It's uh-huh. like that, right? You guys know exactly what I'm talking about? So we all, yeah. great reference. Now, Cassie, you said that we can't cast people that are in the MCU mm-hmm. and probably not people who have already played the part. That's, that's not a funny bit. Um, so this person has been in X-Men movies, not as Wolverine, but um, is not in the MCU. I want my very short, very handsome, very hairy Oscar Isaac to be Wolverine. I think he would do very good. And then we'd get to see Wolverine do a choreographed dance. And <laughs> the disco dance? <laughs> yes. Ryan, I know we can't like... I'm, I feel like this one... I'm going to let you guys know I'm going to be biased on this one because I actually have Oscar Isaac as oh, well. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. I'm sorry, Mike. It's not looking good for your pick. But I picked him because like after this last like Star Wars tour where he started to show a whole lot of tude and he was just coming back at like at Disney themselves, I feel like that's a real Wolverine vibe. Like <laughs> the Mar- Marvel's good at casting people who are essentially just those characters, and I feel like he's got some Wolverine in him. And like definitely it's good for him to, like, oh, I'm clearly done with Star Wars, this major Disney yeah. uh, franchise. Let me jump into the other major Disney <laughs> franchise. Disney will love that. Yeah. All right, so that's two for Oscar Isaac. Two for Oscar. Mike, do you got Oscar Isaac? I do not. Uh, sorry, mine is going to be better. It is. Uh, I, I don't know if Oscar really has the rage. He has like a, a laid back frustration with Disney. But I, I want you want short, you want furry, you want a simmering rage, but like a heart of gold buried beneath that. And I think in every one of his roles, Michael K. Williams, who's Chalky oh. White from Boardwalk Empire and Omar from The Wire, uh, is just an intimidating and cuddable, cuddleable dude all cuddable. at once. <laughs> he 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 owns the mean streets of Baltimore. Uh, in a way, nobody else can touch him, and I think he would destroy as Wolverine. That's, I mean, that's hard to vote against because Mike is Hamiltoning X Men, um, but still, Cassie, I think. I mean, yeah, it, like you, great pitch and everything, but guys, it's two gets one. That's just this is how democracy works, and that's how we're going to run this, Mike. I'm so sorry. It's fine. I'm going to pitch him for every character. <laughs> so what's not important so far is that we have a tie for first, but we, what is important is that Mike is in last place. Yeah, that's all. I do want a running track of that story of my fucking life. All right, you guys, our next big X-Men character. Uh, who you guys want to cast for Storm? We'll start with Mike this time. Uh, I don't know if you guys have watched Dear White People. Oh, my God! Hold on. Let's see who he says. Uh, Ashley Blaine Featherstone, who's Joel, who's uh, the main character's best friend, uh, I think. Again, balance is, like, super fucking funny, but does the dramatic stuff very well without seeming, like, over the top like a lot of characters in that show can. Uh, I think this actress needs to get more play, and she would crush a Storm. Cassie, just pull up Dear White People, because mine is not Ashley Blaine Featherstone, but it's actually Logan Browning. Yeah, that's uh, obvious. Oh, it's too obvious. <laughs> oh, he's not no, Logan Browning's great. Do you, see, do you see why you lose everything, you punk rocker? Uh, Logan Browning has been, Mike, in our bubble before. Do you remember? She was in uh, Powers. She was in Powers, yes. She was and, awful. And we were like, oh, well, this, this actress has no future whatsoever. We actually know now that we could have probably blamed Powers yeah, more powers than her well. talent. Uh, but Logan Browning is the star, not just the lead, but the star of Dear White People, the TV show. And uh, her best friend's fine. Best friend's great. But Logan Browning should be Storm. You guys, these are so. I went outside of Dear White People. I didn't know what? that this. Was, <laughs> I didn't know this was where the pool was coming from. But I actually went to. So mine. I'm not sure how it's, Disney's going to feel about it or MCU because I'm going to be pulling from Netflix's Daredevil. Okay. I'm going from Netflix Marvel, and I'm gonna go Rosario Rosario Dawson. This is the MCU. Which that were yeah. You're you're pulling from the MCU. Yeah, um, but uh, Blade Blade was in Luke Cage our new blade so they can jump from that yeah but that was the rules of the game 
Listen, it's happened a couple times, but I don't play. I don't play by my own rules. I don't play by Marvel's rules. I'm gonna throw her out there. But I guess I just want her. I want to see her more. I feel like they knew she has. She can do better. I wanted to call her up to the major majors, but I guess Ryan, you want to keep her down at the bottom. No, I would hate to do that. Uh, my my one and only host who is about to vote right now. Uh, <laughs> yep, I'm going straight to it. <laughs> so, Cassie, you have Logan Browning, Ashley Blaine, Featherstone, and Rosario Dawson. I mean, I want to go with Mike's, but if Mike said yours was the obvious choice, I'll trust you, and we'll go Logan Shit. Browning for Storm. All right. Why do I talk when I don't need to talk? <laughs> All right, Mike, you got you can come up with this one. I feel like you got a good one for Nightcrawler. I, I think you want somebody who can be conflicted, but uh, I, the movies have missed that Nightcrawler is funny uh, and also like demonically thin. Uh, I'm gonna do Andrew Scott, aka Hot Priest from uh, Oh damn, Fleabag season two. I think would be a great Nightcrawler. And Mike, you're taking this opportunity to break from how we've mostly been doing it, which is like early 20s, late 20s actors. Yeah, I like, mix it up a little. I think this guy is good enough. And also, I don't know that many early 20s actors who we didn't say for Cyclops a few weeks ago. Who was that? I don't remember. A bunch okay. of fucking dudes who look the same. <laughs> yeah, man, that was a fucking... Uh, what was that rally with the torches and the white polo <laughs> shirts? Yeah. That, <laughs> Unite the right. It's like we cast it through Charlottesville. <laughs> All right, Ryan, who do you got? I What I wanted was Daniel Bruhl, um, who is this very tall, thin, talented German actor. Mm-hmm. Um, but he is Baron Zemo. Yes. Already. Um, so I went with somebody who I think can... Basically, my description that or is the same as Mike's. Like, uh, thin, active, can be funny. Uh, so instead of pulling from the MCU, I'm going to pull Ezra Miller from the DCEU nice. over. Okay. And I want Ezra Miller to be Nightcaller. Who, like, is just... The DCEU is doing him a disservice. They won't make his fucking movie. They're keeping him under wraps. Yeah. Like that guy's more talented than that. They're edging him with that Flash movie. And he's about to come. <laughs> All right, you guys went you guys went with the skinny route and I'm switching it up. I'm Fat Nightcrawler? Yeah. <laughs> listen, I didn't go that, but now I do want that. I actually I'm going with Idris Elba because oh, listen, we know we know he already looks good in a tail from Cats, you guys. So what else more? What else do we need? It's one of the thousands of things we learn from Cats. <laughs> There's always a lesson for us from Cats, and this one is Idris Elba looks good in a tail. Let's throw him in there. All right, so Cassie, your nominees are uh, DC's The Flash, um, Hot Priest from Fleabag, and The Bad Cat from Cats. <laughs> Cats. Uh, you know, I, I think Mike nailed it on this oh, one. Oh, come on. Yes. Got to get more Hot Priest. <laughs> <laughs> That's just a personal life motto for me. Even before Fleabag came Even out, you would say this. that. Yeah, that was my it didn't motto. make sense then, and now people are like, yeah. <laughs> but you guys, uh, so that's our hot priest. Now we need our hot Russian beefcake metal daddy. Who are we casting for Colossus? Who's up first? I want Mike. Uh, I, I'm going to another DC EU well of somebody that did dirty because I think he only actually got to show up in a post credit scene for a movie nobody really liked. Uh, Joe Mangiliano. Uh, yeah. One has a hard name to say, and two is the beefiest, metaliest, daddiest of actors, and he needs to be here. That's what, as soon as he is a beefcake for sure, and that's what we need. Not only are you stealing him from DC, like I stole The Flash, but he has been in Marvel movies as Flash, Thompson, and Sam Raimi's Spider-Man. Is that true? That is true. Crazy. All right, Ryan, who do you got? So, I I like I want to pick. I couldn't think of somebody who looks exactly like Colossus, except for the person in Deadpool, who is just a CGI Colossus running around. I need someone who can perfectly go. Uh, and I there's, but th- we're also missing an actor who was not in the first round, has not been mentioned here so far, and they need to be in every single movie that comes out, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, this person has range. I think they can pull it off. It's Florence Pugh. I think Florence Pugh <laughs> should be Colossus. And I think that she would do an incredible job. The range. You know what? I would trust no one else. <laughs> it's too early to call it, but God, I love that pick. Uh, for me, you guys, so Colossus is like, he's this beefy Russian dude, but it turns out he's like, he's like a sensitive side. Yeah, he's like a poet. Yeah, he's a poet. And I that made immediately made me think of Terry Crews, just a beefcake oh, with nice. like a sensitive side. So uh, that would be my pick for Colossus. And if we had a list of just like actors in general that it sucks they're not in the MCU. Terry Crews would be up there, right? Yeah, yeah. he's high up there. And he's high up there, which I feel like it's the smart pick, but Ryan, you know, you played right to me with Florence Pugh. I gotta, gotta have that wild card. Gotta have the wild card in this casting. <laughs> Marvel reached out to the right people for sure. They're gonna love this list. 
Well, bringing it home, you guys, our last and final one we're going to pick is Thunderbird. Ryan, you nailed it. Let's start with you. Now, Cassie, you said that you looked up Thunderbird. I looked up Thunderbird. Mike, do you know who Thunderbird is? He's Warpath's dumber cousin, right? Or I thought dad, but um, in Giant Size X-Men, they send six people over. The one that we're not doing is Sunspot, because who gives a shit? Um, they send six people over and five come back to save the original X-Men. Uh, Thunderbird dies immediately. Just as soon as the mission starts, Thunderbird dies. But hey, let's do him. Um, you said me first? Yep, you first. Okay, I'll give you, give you. Uh, I am going with, I'm going to Hamilton this up a little bit. I'm going to keep the, the race, but I'm going to change the gender. I am so sad that uh, Legion is over and we oh, have no more shit. Amber Mid-Thunder. Now, Amber, so Amber Mid-Thunder is Lakota. And that, uh, Thunderbird is Apache, so I might be try. I might be racist as I'm trying to not be racist. Oh, but I love to see you struggle. I I think that she has the range to act Lakota or uh, Apache instead of Lakota. Um, Amber Mid Thunder is my pick. It's a strong pick, Mike. Who do you got? Yeah, I, I don't know if we need another big, bulky, forgettable dude. And uh, there was a version of Thunderbird, or maybe it was Warpath, uh, in in The Gifted, and we let's get away from that. I think there's a guy who's been popping up a lot. He was in American Vandal season one, and Booksmart, Eduardo Franco, is just like this long-haired, stupid, stony oh, yeah. skater kid. He's the guy who fucked Jessica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From Booksmart, uh, yes. Eduardo who? And, huh? Franco. Eduardo Franco. Uh, and he's he's from uh, his Uruguay descent, so uh, going out there. But it, it is really hard to find. Uh, indigenous actors. Uh, but I think this kid is very silly, and I'd like a silly Thunderbird instead of just another grim, dark, cut him up kind of guy. And let's be clear here. When we have to actually send in our final thing, we're going to say, Disney, cast someone who is actually Apache, an unknown, make it legit, don't do this shit. But we don't know any of those unknowns, so we're just playing the game right now. Yeah, we can work with what we have. Well, you guys, I found, uh, I was going to pitch Adam Beach, which he played Slipknot in Suicide Squad. He didn't have a big role, but he's Native American and he's buff, so that I figured he would look good in that costume. <laughs> and those were my qualifications. Did I do good? I think so. All right. He's probably, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. But no, I mean, like, if we're casting Hot Priest, then I think it's fine. <laughs> Cassie, your nominees are Amber Mid-Thunder from Legion, Eduardo Franco from Booksmart, and American Vandal, and Adam Beach from... Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad. Wind Talkers, mm-hmm. like every uh, Native American movie of the last 10 years he's been in. Well, I think for this round, uh, I'm going to go with Eduardo Franco. I like switching it up. I like that vibe. Nice. So, Ryan, can you lead our fish- read off our official list that we're sending out? All right, guys, close your eyes and imagine this X-Men team running at you. How scared is Magneto? Wolverine, played by Oscar Isaac. Nightcrawler, played by Hot Priest. Storm, played by Logan Browning from Dear White People. Colossus, played by Florence Pugh, <laughs> and Thunderbird, played by Eduardo Franco from American Vandal and Booksmart. My God, you guys, we killed it. So good. That, I, now I finally understand why Disney gave us this job. Yeah, they, yeah, we're very good. We're very they, good at what we do. I do want to say Florence Pugh should be uh, stricken from the record because she's about to be in the MCU, but I guess he got it just in Under the Wire. Thank you very much. We don't know if that movie's going to come out. We'll switch it up right now. Well, you guys, that is our bullpen. Next up, the pull list. Welcome back. We are in the pull list where we are going to talk about all the other shows we watched this week. Starting us off is Lock and Key. This week on Lock and Key, Bodhi goes into full detective mode trying to discover what Echo is, where the other keys are, and how to trick her into giving up the Anywhere key. Meanwhile, Tyler has always been an asshole who sticks by shitty friends rather than doing the right thing, and Kinsey ends up filming a horror short. Meanwhile, Nina discovers her late husband had a tight group of friends he never talked about, even though half of them drowned. Taste buds ask you this. Other than the family discovering Mystery House and dealing with grief, what do we think Lock and Key is trying to say? Oh... Um, all I'm getting from it is Bodhi sucks. Is that their main thing? Because that is all, it's really getting brought home that Bodhi is terrible. Just to, uh, off you don't like little Bodhi? I don't like Bodhi. I can't, I can't handle little Bodhi. Somebody, uh, a friend of mine brought up that, oh, isn't that the kid from It? And I was like, no, it's not. And then, no, she was right. It is. It's the little kid that dies in the very beginning, mm-hmm. which means Georgie. 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 This kid has been in movies and still acts like this. Still doing You've it. been in cinema, my friend. You've been in film. <laughs> yeah, but it's It. Mike, you're telling me, does Bodhi, is it his cute little dimples? What's got, what's got you with Bodhi? Uh, I, I think it's his, I'm going to get a bear trap. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's his stick to Like, I, I don't expect most from kids, actors at his age. I think he's doing fine. Yeah. He's not compelling. But his plot, uh, I find endearing. And, like, I'm not going to 
deal with adults or my older siblings. I'm going to try to hunt a ghost witch with a bear trap on my own. Well, what's crazy about the show is that they have introduced this teenage drama that we're supposed to care about, right? Like, what's it like to be in a new high school, especially if everybody knows that your dad got murdered, blah, blah, blah. And that's sort of it. Like, it's just teenage drama. And then there's the mom that's sort of discovering uh, her husband's past. But all of the cool stuff, all the stuff that we tune in for is all on Bodhi's shoulders, yeah. you know? Yeah. Yeah, he's leading us down this journey, and he's he is, I'll give him this, he is a bold child, because, like, the fact that he was willing to put that key in his head, like, that is something I would never do. Yeah. Okay, so the, the, the bear trap thing was crazy, right? Oh, and yeah. And that's, that's a little ballsier than I was at that age or my current age, but the fucking... And, not only is it that the ballsiest thing, but it is the grossest thing that uh, like it. The hole opens up when the key it's next to the key, and then he puts something inside of it. And oh my god, that is disgusting. Yeah, it's nasty. It's much better than him. He was about to do it to the guy at the hardware store, <laughs> and I was like, oh, there's two sons in this family who have fucking no moral values. That's a lot of violation in this family. But yeah, no, this kid, like, at first, it did start with him just setting that bear trap. It, like, this episode get, did give me confirmation that, like, nobody in this family really cares about Bodhi. Like, oh, for this, sure not. This child is just out. Like, he set a bear trap, was just chilling by the bear ta- trap. He's out about town at the hardware store and stuff. Like, this kid is doing whatever the hell he wants. And then not until later that night, after everybody had already g- done their own things, they were like, hey, wait, Bodie's here. And then they see him, like, frozen. I'm like, all right, guys, great job. I'm seeing double four Bodies. Yeah, that was a lot of Bodies. Um, how, how, how is the teenage drama working for you? Tyler in his uh, lying about hooking up uh, and just being a real dirtbag because he wants to be cool and letting his sister, who's also dealing with a lot of grief, just be a fucking weirdo loner at school. But he didn't steal that beer, though. That's what's important. He's a stand-up guy because he didn't steal that fody. I don't I don't know if he is a stand-up guy. I do think the show's trying to be like, people are pieces of shit, and we're going to watch this one have a moral arc. No, I think that the only interesting one, as far as like compelling and then also like has a correct moral compass, is Kinsey. Yeah. But the problem is that... Not the problem... What the show is dealing with right now is that she is dealing with so much trauma that we have to sit there and deal with it with her. And I don't know if this show is always going to find the most interesting ways to go through that journey with her. Maybe she'll just keep starring in different horror films so <laughs> to, to watch things. Those kids are so good. That lobster costume is legit for a bunch of high school kids. Okay, I did want it. Like, that lobster costume was insane how good that turned out. Because I pictured, like, somebody coming out, like, the Amanda show, like, just, like, a cloth lobster <laughs> thing. Like, that's what I was ready for. Cloth, no. lobster. cloth lobster. Uh, <laughs> speaking of you two, you Eduardo Franco fans, did you recognize the lobster guy? No. That was Sam, the like, the best buddy in American Vandal. Oh, one of the co-reporters. Nice. Yes. Yeah, you're right. I'm glad those kids are getting more work. Ultimately, thinking about the entire episode, I'm not jumping yet, but I realized that the last 10 minutes, like it's so bingeable because the last 10 minutes mm-hmm. maybe want to click play yeah. after it, but the first 40 or whatever, it, it lost a lot of steam for me. Yeah, it, it, it's... I'm enjoying moments of it. Do you know what I really like? I like Echo. She's ravenous for everything. Oh, man. Uh, <laughs> and I could watch that all of the time. Cassie thinks of Bodhi the same way Echo thinks of Bodhi. <laughs> like, they're both like, fuck you, Echo little bro. <laughs> I connected so much with Echo until she drank that, like, down that whole thing of syrup. And that's when I was like, I'm not down for you. <laughs> <laughs> that's when I was fully on board. <laughs> it was a disgusting amount of syrup. But yeah, uh, just watching her, like, break free. She's just, like, out of prison now. And, like, goes to fashion shows and gets dressed up. And I would watch a lot more of her. And then also how she handled the whole bear trap thing was great. Yeah. Like, not only did I not get injured, you fucking idiot, but you ruined this bear I brought for you. (laughs) Yeah, the way she she turns was just perfect. Mm -hmm. Like, that slow turn was beautiful. Because we're watching a horror show. Yeah. So we're probably going to see, like, half of her face missing. But no, she's like, you stupid idiot. And this bear got (laughs) fucked up. And isn't that more horrifying? Yeah. Your stuffed animal getting fucked up. (laughs) Do you guys have moments of the week? Who? Cassie. 
my moment of the week is straight up when Echo threatened to kill Bodhi. Like, because there is, like, I feel like you, like, most people are connected to this child. They're like, don't hurt this child. Please protect this child. But then Echo was just like, straight up, I will murder a child uh-huh. and I will sleep easy <laughs> knowing this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, girl. And that is my moment of the week. Yeah, Bodhi, I, I sort of think that you know that you're a kid and therefore no harm will come to you. You're just a kid in a TV show. Yeah. Fuck that. I will fucking murder you. That, that spin was cool because it is like the kids should be safe. But then once you have Echo after you, like, no, you are not safe. My moment of the week was uh, somebody said, we, nobody gives a shit about your lion and your witch and your whatever. Like, you're trying to be cool here, like, forgetting the word. You knew it was wardrobe. and it, You know it's you wardrobe. You know it's wardrobe. And you're like, whatever the rest of it is, I don't even know. I don't even know if that was with the Chronicles of Narnia, that specific episode. I, I love that Bodhi called it out. He's like, yeah, only kids know about Narnia. That's why mom forget. These are the rules, idiots. <laughs> like, he's like, we're kids dealing with magic. Don't you guys know what's going to happen? Are you guys Narnia people? Not, oh, yeah. not like characters from the book. Oh, I'm Mr. Tumnus himself. <laughs> For sure. But did you guys grow up on that? Yeah. yeah. That's probably what introduced me to fantasy. It was like Chronicles of Narnia and the X-Men animated series helped make me who I am today. And then your fanfic where the X-Men go into the wardrobe. Yeah, and kill some fucking fawns and shit. <laughs> uh, my moment of the week, there's a flash early in the beginning. Bodhi does have a little detective book. And his notes, it says, find Echo. Ghost? Question mark. Witch? Question mark. Liar. Triple underlined. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know what she is, but he knows she's a goddamn liar. He is piecing the important parts together. He's like, I know one thing for sure. This bitch is a liar. So, there. I mean, there's some redeemable moments. But those are, But overall, great moments of the week, you guys. Next, we're going to move on to Stumptown. On this week's episode of Stumptown, Dex and Gray travel to Hollywood to help a lady get credit for her script, which must have been great for the actors to have to tra- not travel all the way to Portland this week, instead shoot the show in L.A. While there, they both get in touch with some of the family members they haven't seen in decades. Taste Buds, I ask you this. Why is it that we're not watching more of Stumptown? I think that's sort of a good question, Mike. Uh, I had some time this week, I think because Riverdale wasn't on this week, and so I tried it out again. And this is not a show I dropped because it sucked. It was just because of time. And... Some of my issues that I had when it first came out are gone. You know, like all shows do. They figure out their shit after four episodes. And this was a goddamn delight. This was spectacular. Yes. And I think if you guys are... If you ever like... If someone's talking to you like, oh, you're on a podcast, what's it about? And they don't want to watch the shit that we watch. This is the one to recommend. This is the one that transfers from us to normal people. You know, like the case of the weeks are one and done. And that's nice. They don't have to like believe in sci-fi or think that... Uh, you know, superheroes are cool. And it's just, it's really funny. It's like uh, casually paced. The amount of plot is so much better than like The Runaways, for instance. I don't know. I'm, I think I might be back in. The, uh, the dumbness of the name doesn't affect it all for you? No, because as uh, a, you know, classic Portland goer, oh, okay. I'm, you know, I'm in Portland every other weekend, just uh, sapping trees and making brews and growing man buns. So, no, that's not a problem at all. Man, you almost had me on board for the show until this last minute, Ryan. I don't know how the listeners are feeling. Plus, it's, it's a perfect name. It, it is a nickname for Portland, but also Dex is a detective. So every time she gets a hard case, she's like, I'm, what is this, stump town? Because I am stumped right now. I could tell. And then when she finds like a dismembered body <laughs> in a trunk, she goes, this is stump town because <laughs> there are no limbs. Um, let's talk about my boy. Let's in the Pop Filter Hall of Fame is Nick Miller, not Jake Johnson. Um, Jake Johnson is on the show, and anytime that he and Dex are together, it is why you should watch this show. Jake Johnson has a couple of dramatic moments in this episode, though, and they are weird to watch. Maybe it's because I'm so used to Nick Miller that it's it's weird to see him act like this. But he is he's struggling through some stuff that hopefully he can work out. And I don't mean in an emotional way. I mean like call his acting coach way. Get it together. So that's definitely not your moment of the week, but do you have one, Ryan? Uh, my moment of the week is probably going to be, uh, there's four or five, we were talking about runaways, four or five times where Dex and Gray are just on the couch, and they're moving plot. They're moving plot forward, but the it, I think it's the two actors really did click. I think it's impossible not to click with Jake Johnson, you know, and Kobe Smulders is no hack herself at uh, chemistry. Um, I yeah, it's a five-way tie for those moments that like even if the case of the week was stupid, I would still watch next week. All for the rapport. All right. Well, next up, we're going to be talking about the Flash. Iris meets Eva McCulloch, who's been stuck in the mirror world for six years and is a tad unhinged, and tries to encourage her to find a way out. Meanwhile, Barry's investigating suspicious closed case files for Joe. Mean meanwhile, Ralph finally meets Sue Dearborn. 
But it turns out the socialite is a scheming thief who tricks him into helping her steal a diamond. Taste buds, I ask you this. With the show basically going slow-mo and zooming in on Sue every time Ralph sees her and having every character who sees them together comment on how great their chemistry, is it possible they're laying it on too thick for fans of the comics and leaving show fans who have no idea who Sue Dibney is in the dust? Yeah, so Ralph has been tracking Sue Dearborn for the last year in-universe. Uh, I think the, this episode opens with him being like, day 364, still on the hunt for Sue. So I guess you could argue like it's a big deal to him, but it is... I know who Sue Dibney is mostly from Identity Crisis when she dies. I don't know her alive in the DC Universe that much. Gets raped, hardcore, then gets lit on fire and dies from being burnt to death. Bummer city for Bummer. Sue. Uh, uh, but yeah, it really does feel like they're like, see from the comics, and I don't know who, how many people are huge fans of the elongated man and his wife to, to really slow down and do this. I will say that these two actors have fucking killer chemistry. And watching them walk around in black leather next to each other is delightful. That would be the craziest villain on The Flash. Killer chemistry. And like what, <laughs> what that person could do to relationships. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I guess they're sort of like the, the Hank and... What's her name? From the Wasp? Oh, Hank Pym and uh, the Wasp? The Wasp. <laughs> J- Janet Van Dyne? <laughs> Janet of the DCU. But yeah, I didn't like... I didn't know about them until Identity Crisis, and that sort of like takes the punch out of it. I could see how this would as well. And if they have such good chem- chemistry, why do they keep commenting on it? Just let them yeah. have good chemistry. It, it really would have. Like, this was not as good as the last two weeks of the Flash, but it was still a fine episode. Except it would constantly like their real chemistry would break to a halt while the camera slowly zoomed in, and they played like Ozama OC style, and we're like, we get it, we fucking get it, man. Let's move on with the plot. There's a lot of betrayal. There, Barry is sidelined in this episode, and maybe it's why it was a pretty good episode. Joe's like, I don't trust the Central City PD. Go discover fires. Or <laughs> research fires. And he's like, uh, uh, okay. And then everybody else just gets to do what, what they want to do. And it was fine. But not go discover fires. Like, he didn't go back in time no, no, to no. caveman and say... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you've said... Barry's been sidelined this week for like six weeks in a row. Yeah, it's my, maybe why... The show's really good when Barry has... Not much to do. Did it go from The Flash to Flash and Friends to Friends of Flash? Friends of Flash. And, like, Killer Frost wasn't in this episode at all. I think Nash was in one scene. And so they're like, we have a big ensemble. What if we, like, let people lead an episode? And it's doing really well for them. Yeah, especially when you start to realize, and they should have realized sooner, but when you realize that, oh, we have done all of the plots that we know. Mm-hmm. And then they're repeating them and then say, oh, look at all these new characters. Or old characters, yeah. but with new their own plot lines. Yeah, they're not just there to support Barry. They have their own fucking lives. Well, Mike, as they have their own moment, their own lives. Uh, do you have a moment of the week? Uh, yeah, Cecile, who uh, is like a DA, she has a brand new baby, but she's obviously she needs something to do, and she keeps asking Ralph to help him with his cases. And he one because he's kind of an egomaniac, and two, I think she's just too thirsty, and she's like, "I'll help you solve." And he's just like, "No, I'm gonna go handle this alone." And I really liked his dismissiveness. <laughs> you like when they dismiss the women. That's on record. Uh, this That's specific on- one. <laughs> no, well, all women. <laughs> Ouch. Flashes on Tuesday nights on the CW. Let's move on. Next up, Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, Kate is pulled between two sisters while Luke and Mary are tasked with finding the cause b- behind Beth's debilitating headaches. Taste buds, I ask you this. What's the reason for your guys' headaches? You too. God damn it. Yeah. Wait, the band, right? You hate Bono? Oh, God, when they put that album on there. Yeah. Glasses, dumb, gave me migraine instantly when I saw that. And then he had the audacity to put a full album on my phone. Uh-uh. <laughs> I wake up every day and I have a migraine because of that. I love... It was a free album and it's pretty good. Let's all move on with that. <laughs> yeah, but the fact that he went on to... Ev- like, snuck into people's homes in the middle of the yeah. night and put it on there... Creepy musical Santa Claus. I love the level of celebrity that some dudes get to where they're like, that's it. Sunglasses. Every, like, no matter where I'm at, I'm just going to wear sunglasses forever. Just different tints of sunglasses. For the record, I think both of you guys could pull off tint sunglasses. Just do with that whatever oh, you want. Fuck you. Yeah, dude. That was one of the worst insults you've ever said. <laughs> well, you guys, I'll try not to insult you on this next one. Next up, we're going to be talking about Katie Keene. 
This week on Katie Keen, everyone is struggling with some Valentine's Day blues as Jorge invites a guy he met on Grindem to meet Ginger at her drag show, but ultimately gets stood up. Josie is realizing that hooking up with your manager may not be a great idea and is setting some boundaries with Alexander. KO and Katie break up after deciding that they are growing apart and their careers are taking them in different directions. And Pepper is out here swindling old nasty white dudes out of their money and I'm so fucking proud of her, you guys. So... Taste friends, I ask you this. Can you fucking believe that Pepper is my favorite part of this episode? You guys. That's crazy. Pepper. So I'm just going to talk about my bitch Pepper for a second. That's all I want to go off on right now. So she is under like, she went to this guru named uh, Miss Breeza. Miss Breeza is this eccentric, eccentric white lady who lives in New York and she wears little drink umbrellas in her hair and she just has a Rolodex of old rich white dudes that you can con so it starts off where Pepper is like meeting up with all these guys she's trying to build like some like club studio thing and that's like it turns out she's broke but she's out here she's gonna fake it until she makes it and just get money from all the rich elite in New York and make a name for herself so to do this she needs to get like money so she's out here on Valentine's Day and is swindling all these old white guys and at first it's like creepy because like they're all it's they think she's gonna hook up with them and she makes a date with this one guy and they end up going to um katie's she has like a fashion premiere and she brings in pepper pepper invites this guy and it seems like he during this date he's like buying her all these things she's picking the most expensive stuff and then by the end he's like you know you're gonna have to pay me back for this and i got a hotel and in that moment the cre- that was like the creepiest vibe i was like if this show goes here i'm gonna be so bummed but no, Pepper then immediately turns in through the door, walks that old white guy's wife, and he's just oh, like, damn. look at look at who is invited here. And if you don't want me to like bust you right now and say that we're on a date, I'm gonna take all the stuff you just bought me. And then she returns it all, gets that money, and has twenty thousand dollars cash, you guys. I fucking love Pepper. <laughs> I love Pepper. Wait, are you gonna do this? Yeah. <laughs> like, I feel like I could do this. This is what we call the pepper spray, where she just hits everyone involved. That was creepy to her. Oh, yeah. There's straight up a Rolodex. She went, she's going Rolodex dude by dude all through New York and just getting money. I love how she's this very modern woman, but still has the old school like card flipping Rolodex. Yeah. You could probably put that in technology somehow. Oh, no. No, it, it's way more dramatic when you pull out a straight Rolodex. But I mean, like that, I loved that whole moment, but it wasn't my moment of the week. There is a moment I still do have a soft side for KO because he. Come on, Cassie. I got you guys. There's a moment where he was trying to, he lives with the gang right now, all in that apartment. There's four people in this one apartment, and it's not working because KO does not vibe with them. Yeah. But he, um, so he ends up, he's trying to make lasagna for him. But the wigs are in the oven, you guys, so he burns the place down. And then some hot firefighters come, and they're like, after everything is settled, they're like having girl talk, and they try to bring KO in. And he's like, what are you talking about? And they're like, oh, hot firefighters. And he turns like, he just immediately goes, oh, yeah, I was talking to one of the guys, and he tells me that every day he tells his daughter how much he loves her in case he dies that day. And that is how he tries to do girl talk. I love KO. I love this guy. They're They're trying to like... Build up their firefighter fantasy, and then he comes in and just shits all shits over all it with over sad it. daughter stories. Yeah, just oh man, bringing that heart. He's got that Philly heart, you know. <laughs> I wish Ko ran away with the rest of the Runaways, and we could never <laughs> see him again. How dare you say that, you guys? I will. I will be a champion for Katie Keen and Ko always. But next up, we're going to be talking about October Faction. On the fifth episode of October Faction, the dust settles after the Razor, leaving Jeff and Viv seething over their parents' lies. The search is on for the intruder, but who's hunting whom? Taste buds, I ask you this. Should the word whom be kicked out of the English language, or should people just learn how to fucking use it? I feel like once I discovered that it was like how to use whom, it does feel good to hit throw whom out there and know it's properly. Yeah. You just really got to hit it. But you'd like... How do we whom? <laughs> do you know? You don't know how, Mike? No. Cassie, do you know how? Uh, you put a lot of pretentious stank on your voice, and then it's correct. Yeah. And just like look down on whoever dares question you as to if that was right. See, there is a simple rule, but it's hard to think of in the moment. So it's like uh, if you can replace it with he or she, it's who. But him or her, herm, <laughs> then it's whom. <laughs> like so, Rorschach is always saying herm. He should be saying whom. Herm. Thank you. Oh, now it's clear. But, like, we're not, as a society, going to learn how to use it. So shouldn't we just boot it? Yeah. Boot it right out. Get it out of here. Well, next up, you guys, we are going to be talking about Sabrina. 
On the fifth episode of Sabrina, Satan has been freed and is now doing what he does best, which is creating chaos and destroying the coven. Sabrina is trying to help, but is all tied up with hell stuff as she enters the second round of the unholy regalia and has to travel through a time loop and try to steal Punch's pilot's punch bowl. The rest oh, of the gang, <laughs> the rest of the gang, is holding it down in Greendale as Ambrose discovers that Stonehenge can be used to summon other witches who can help him take down the pagans. Harvey is teaming up with the Jocks and they're going to destroy the carnival. Theo is hooking up with a new carny kid. Auntie Hilda's turning into a spider, and Roz is straight up chilling because she's turned into a statue. You guys. The episode ends with the biggest cliffhanger for me, specifically as the coven has un- unintentionally summoned zombie witches who are not happy to be there. So, Taste Buds, I ask you this. Are you kind of bummed that uh, Stonehenge ended up just being like a summoning circle and not anything more wild? What? I mean, what would have been crazier than that? I, like a big game of God Dominoes? Oh my God, yes. In- God Dominoes? God Dominoes. God Dominoes. I always wanted it. Like, I had always, I love to think that it's like a portal to somewhere. Uh-huh. I really wanted it to be like some huge mysterious thing instead of it just like, it straight up is like if you just essentially tune all the rocks and just like get in pitch with it you can summon people that's Which, pretty crazy though don't you yeah, think it's crazy it's pretty crazy as soon as i said it it sounded pretty crazy but i was <laughs> expecting more also that's so video game like there's this type of yeah. video game where you run into a room and you have to like move each rock to the right place in order to make the next like the door open yeah but yeah i would say that like if if i got there and stonehenge was that was available to me like i got the right tour guide at the right time and he was like hey guys here's how you summon people i would definitely take advantage i was who would you summon probably like a zombie witch who isn't happy to be there (laughs) guys guys, honestly it was the best thing it got me right in those last 10 seconds that i had to like i was this episode was only okay and i was like you know what maybe i don't need to watch it next week but the next week they're fighting zombie witches and that is that i like i instantly was like obviously i'm in i gotta know how this ends (laughs) in my head there was like 11 zombie witches that didn't want to be there and then one who was like sweet and then looked around and saw how everyone else was acting. I was like, <clears throat> I mean, uh, no, Tibian, this is terrible. But uh, that was a close moment of the week for me. I would say my real one is when um, Harvey and the jocks show up to the carnival. to like They're there to just literally wreck shit. So all the jocks obviously show up with baseball bats. But Hav- Harvey's there and he's just got a pickaxe. Like They cut to all baseball bats and then just Harvey there, his normal clothes and a pickaxe. I'm like, yeah, dude. And Harvey's That's the kind of guy. More stuff out. Yeah, he's smarter in this one. If somebody uh, else came up with a pickaxe, though, Harvey's like, I, I had dibs. Why did you bring that? <laughs> the pickaxe is my whole thing, not yours. But uh, that's what's going on in Sabrina right now. Next up, we're going to be talking about Supergirl. On this week's episode of Supergirl, Kara helps Wynn overcome his greatest fear. Meanwhile, Briny must choose whether to help Alex find evidence against Lex or continue to secretly work for him. Taste Buds, I ask you this. What is the greatest fear of yours that I helped you guys overcome? You helped me overcome my fear of uh finishing sentences <laughs> yes and you're just like slow down you never have to finish and everybody will be happy about it always take a pause between each like every second word yeah and that's how you make sure people really hang on to every word you say oh, yeah and we were, make it harder to interrupt <laughs> we were edging that entire time uh and then also millivedes cassie what was your big fear that i uh walked you through and therapized you uh my fear of feet you yeah, just, you transferred that, and I, now I have that. Now wait, so you weren't scared of them, and now you have now a deep I fear. Am, and you just you passed yours on. It was more of a fear that you worked through yourself and passed on. I do think that if uh, if you are fine with feet, I if you gave me a good five minutes, I could talk you into why you should think feet are disgusting. Oh yeah, I think I have that power. It's an easy easy conversation. I'm more into them than I was when we first started hanging out. Uh, Bro, this right now. <laughs> Moving up, you guys. We're talking about Legends of Tomorrow. This week on Legends, Sarah has to go to Star City, leaving a very nervous Ava in charge. The gang goes to France to stop Marie Antoinette, who looks like Nora and has the power of parties. Meanwhile, Zari talks her way out of the mission and ends up stealing Antoinette's magic perfume, and things go awry. Meanwhile, Constantine finally confronts somebody from his past with the help of Charlie and Gary. Taste buds ask you this. How is the show balancing wacky adventures with the growing dark threat from Constantine's camp? Not well, and I, I would say that I loved this episode. I thought this episode was... Almost a perfect episode to say to someone like, I watched the first season of Legends, but I thought it was stupid uh, or it was boring. I would give them this. But every time we went back to Constantine, I was so bummed. I like, is, is I wanted to get back tonal? to the... Well, yeah. I mean, the Marie Antoinette stuff was, 
amazing start to finish. Just wackadoo batshit balls. It was fucking insane. I still have no idea why Nora or why Marie why Antoinette looked like, like Nora. Nora. <laughs> like, they didn't want to cast a new actress. They lost. They didn't have the budget to find a different actress. And Nora was like, I can sort of do a French accent. Her French accent is, uh, it's just like lean into it as hard as possible and hope nobody notices. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not just tonal. I don't need my legends to be that awesome and funny every time. It's how exposition it was. Like it was mm-hmm. just dropping memories and like explaining them the entire time. And and not just explaining them, but doing the same gimmick every time where he would explain it to make himself look a little better. The ghost would freak out. He would lie a little different. The ghost would freak out harder. Yeah. And that happened four times. And Charlie was like, I'm bored. They're bored pointing at us out on the screen. Like, like, just get on with this so we can move. Charlie got so desperate for things to uh, move forward. She was like, fine. Let's talk about the loom of faith. Let's let's pretend like that actually is a thing that exists. Uh, I will say for the Constantine side, the kid ghosts that just had animal masks scared the shit out of me. Yeah. And it was just revealed it was Natalie and, and John as kids, but still fuck them. But that's even scarier, though. Like... John, as a child without a mask, is even scarier. But the best part about like how the Legends typical stuff folded into the Constantine stuff was the the kids would pop up with the masks on and just lead Gary to a different part of the house. <laughs> like they just they uh, magneted right towards him and just like let's go do something evil. Ghosts like animals can sense the weak one of the pack for sure. Right for them. <laughs> uh, Getting back to the Nora stuff, um, or the Marie Antoinette stuff, it was awesome because none of it made sense. They didn't give a shit. They were all having a blast. Like It was hard for the actors to take the smiles off their faces uh-huh. to be in character. Like It was one giant blooper reel. Um, and then, the most important thing, Mike, is something's about to happen that I didn't think was going to happen. Zari mm-hmm. 2.0? Yeah. Bites into a donut puts on a red and black flannel, and we're getting back to Zari 1.0. And it's going to be like 1.5, like somewhere in between the two, because she's still like sassier and more manipulative than Zari 1.0 was. Uh, she gets Ava to let her go on the mission just by saying, you'd look cool if you did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what I loved, she ate the donut, and then we had a montage of all the times Zari 1.0 ate junk food. Did you know that she lo- that, that character loved donuts that much? No. Because it happened enough times they could make an entire montage out of it. <laughs> and I hope none of those were new film scenes. They really just went through the two seasons before. And every time it happened, it made this like the grossest, squishiest, biting a donut <laughs> sound as loud as possible. It made me feel about donuts the way you feel about feet. And I was, I guess this was filmed during the crossover, so okay. Lance oh, had to bounce. Sarah's gone? Yeah, but that's kind of cool, though. As much as I love Sarah Lance, um, taking her out of the equation to let everybody else have more screen time was awesome. Yeah. And Legends, once again, proves that it's the king of the, all, all of our shows try to be the king of, but Legends is the king of the two characters sitting on steps bonding. Mm-hmm. And that happened with Zari and Ava at the end of the episode. And that like that's not going to go away no matter what Zari we get next episode. Right. Show's great. Well, you guys, do you have moments of the week? I've got a couple, if I may. Um, I watched a show called Duncanville this week, in which uh, it was a cartoon on Fox where the kids sneak out and they go to this rave, and the rave is being hosted by somebody named DJ S'more Money, and, or S'morehead, and he's got a giant s'more as a head. Then in this episode, Zari almost gets engaged to a DJ S'more Money with a giant s'more as his head. And Cassie, <laughs> as our resident youthful person, is this a joke about something? No idea. What the fuck is going on I, here? I have no idea what this is, but I'm so on board. Two DJs on two different channels, two different shows, had a giant s'more for a head. No? Okay. Um, but my moment of the week is... My second moment of the week is uh, because Marie Antoinette got beheaded. Uh, she runs into like a, 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 <laughs> yes. a wall or something, and her head flies off the room, and Nate has to catch it. And I don't know why that happened, uh, but it reminded me of a different favorite show that I had uh, from a long time ago. And then my m- ultimate moment of the week, and this part, guys, we have to talk about this part. Um, Nate takes the head back and puts it next to the body and says, oh, I'm going to go put this in the room and lock it down. And Ray, who is married to Nora and knows it looks like Nora, says, wait, where are you going with that head? Can I go? He, was he going to go fuck this head? <laughs> and, and, and Nate's like, show back on the creep factor, right? Yeah, that- Nate... Nate <laughs> calls him out on it because Ray was going to sneak in there and get a and b- bodiless blowjob. The, the best kind of blowjob. Uh, yeah, the, the Marie Antoinette losing her head thing was great because we all know that, but they didn't deal with it at all. So when she suddenly just clotheslined and her head flew off, it was like, oh, yeah, it was 
Legends is great and dumb in all the best ways. No, but was that like, so that didn't happen in history. So then the legends made it so it did happen again. Or was her head already cut off and it was so loosely placed on her body? That's what it was. That's insane. Because all, all the encores are dead and then have come back from hell. So oh, yeah, but she, with the she's same thing. Post guillotine. Yeah. I see. Okay. What you guys? Do you have a moment, Mike? Uh, get- it was the head, and yeah, DJ S'more S'more or S'more Money, uh, and Nate just punching him right away. Yeah, uh, he's just like, "Oh, you're gonna get Zari and punch him in his stupid S'more." The S'more head had no idea who Nate was. Didn't know that like Zari was Zari's not cheating on Nate, and still Nate fucking punched him right in that graham cracker chocolate marshmallow. They're not head. heroes. They're legends. <laughs> Well, you guys, that is everything we watched this week. We are done with the pull list. So before we get to what's coming up next week, Mike, can you tell the listeners about a website? I would love the listeners to know about yourpopfilter.com, where they can get everything we do at yourpopfilter.com. Ryan, can you tell the listeners two ways they can support us? Yes, there's so many ways. Uh, go to yourpotfilter.com slash Amazon. There is our Amazon link. If you make that your new Amazon bookmark, every time you buy something, we get a little something else. So like, get, let's say you buy a car, we get a tire. If you buy a book, we get a page. And we want that page. We don't read enough. Let's just let's, let's start with a page, and then we'll read the rest of the book. Page at a time. You can also go to patreon.com slash yourpotfilter. Uh, go there and pick a tier. We recommend $5 because $1, you don't get that much. And $10, you do not get enough. But with $5, you will get all of the actual good stuff that we offer. You're honest, and I appreciate that. Mike, how can they get in contact with us? Uh, you can hit us up on social media, at Your Pop Filter, on Twitter and Instagram, or email us at contact at yourpopfilter.com. If you have what you think is a better fan casting for Giant Size X-Men, Shut fucking up. how dare yeah, you? How, how could you say uh, that? But email us, and we will scream about your choices <laughs> in the future. Contact at yourpopfilter.com. Well, you guys, if you want to hear us screaming more, next week we're going to be talking about the premiere of I Am Not Okay With This, which is on Netflix. That is it. So for Mike, I'm Cassie. For Ryan, I'm Cassie. For Cassie, I'm Cassie. Bye, y'all.